Isolation's Weight, a Battle Corp story by Randall N. Bills, read by Shrapnel. Jacobs Mountain, Tortinia, Kiamba, Benjamin Military District, Draconis Combine, 15 April 3067. Lieutenant Cameron Baird watched as the odious black smoke trail dissipated on the stiff mountain winds. Burning debris rained down across several kilometres. It looked as if the sky was bleeding. Can you believe that? His comm systems pounced to life as James broke the silence. Whoa, too much. Whoa? Watching a clan broadsword-class dropship falling through a cobalt sky had been sobering, true, like a flaming thunderbolt tossed by Zeus's own hand. But Cameron read deeper. What the hell was a ghost bear force doing raiding Kyamba? What could be of interest to a lone dropship on Jacob's Mountain? Surely they could care less about elements from McLeod's regiment of the Northwind Highlanders. He shivered, though he knew the cockpit didn't hold a chill and would soon be anything but cold. He hated it here. Hated the snow and the isolation from anything living beyond the small force around him. Hell, he would have preferred Hecate's swamp to this eternal cold. But not James, wherever the action was. Had Cameron ever been that young, that naive? He hoped not. Yes, James. Wonderful. Did the boy hear the sarcasm? Probably not. The starch of the new calling vest handed to him what? Six months ago, upon graduation from the NMA, probably pushed up against his ears, making it hard for him to hear anything, beyond his own voice, of course. Cameron couldn't help but let a quirky smile spread his slim lips, a sparkle flashing in hazel eyes. He knew a certain lieutenant colonel who shepherded a younger, stupider Cameron through his first year after the academy, who almost throttled him on at least ten different occasions. At least! Cameron reached forward and toggled from the topographical map that displayed across the secondary screen to radar, as the ghost of Jeff McFadden's words seemed to rise up like holography, temporarily blotting out the forward view screen and the snowy terrain beyond. When you're a leader, you lead and protect. One comes with the other. If you can't protect those under your command to the best of your ability, if you can't lead them to be leaders themselves, well then you've no business wearing the bars. Always the capitalization in his voice. Jeff's words seemed to echo in the confines of the cockpit. The man had been the father he never knew. Regardless of the weight, Cameron tried to carry the responsibilities he now held with the same dedication and honour his mentor did. How could he do anything less? The radar began sweeping, pinpointing Caden's lance. Jeff's old guard lance, and the lance on loan from the third Prospina Hussars. Twelve mechs. Several green warriors. What would they find over the hill? He checked his secondary monitor and radar screen once more, which showed a pair of Tatsu aerospace fighters whipping away at well over Mach 2, vanishing over the mountain. Thanks for the fire, Hussars. Kind of cold up here. Lieutenant Colonel McFadden's voice broke over the comline. Cameron smiled and checked the radar to see Jeff's lance the next ridgeline over, but more importantly, several hundred metres closer to the crash site. 
He shook his head, feeling the comforting weight of his neurohelmet. Going to get yourself in trouble, boss, he said, but softly enough to not activate his own mic. With the flight actually attached to the Hazar's 3rd Battalion and O'Reilly's touchiness over having to do combat exercises, regardless of how few were involved with mere mercenaries in this northern frozen wasteland, Cameron just knew old Harrison would make his voice known. Later, of course, always later, and much worse than the original offence. You'd think the 3rd Prospina were a sort of light regiment for all their prickliness. No problem, old guard. Glad to bring a match to the barbecue. Just make sure what we tossed onto your grill is crispy black when you're done, eh? <laughs> the unknown pilot's voice boomed laughter, lively and good-natured. Cameron felt shock. No way could it be part of the Hussars. Okay, Highlanders. Jeff's strong voice began. They've downed some bad guys. Time for us to put them away. Move forward at best speed and engage at will. With the unspoken tagline, Before the Hussars Lance has all the fun, a series of affirmatives echoed across the comline. Of course Cameron would have loved to be taking command of this by himself, but with the old guard command lance on hand to help smooth the training issues between elements of MacLeod's 3rd Battalion and the Hussars 3rd, well, he couldn't be happier to have the old man along for the ride. Cameron reached over and pushed his own throttle forward a half, sending his wolverine into a smart step forward. Difficult through the deep snow. One of these days, he really did mean to send a surprise gift to the quartermaster, who'd managed to acquire several of the new WVR-8K from the DCMS. He'd been in it less than a year, but knew already he never wanted to pilot another machine. He could have probably gotten one of the clan machines taken off of Huntress due to his credentials at the academy, but he felt confident nothing would have felt this good, this right. Okay, boys, he spoke up to his own lance. You heard the boss. Bad guys over the ridge and we get to clean up the mess, provided the flyboys left us any scraps. The responding laughter felt good, although he was serious. With the way the dropship had come down, he wouldn't be surprised if they found nothing but a black smear against pristine white. Ten minutes passed way too slowly, manipulating pedals and joysticks to manoeuvre through the thick powder and heavy woods. He kept an eye on the radar, which showed almost a dozen green darts moving forward to the guesstimated position of the downed craft. With the high iron content of the mountain, good readings of what they would face were simply not coming in. He knew the dropship held a capacity to carry five clan mechs, but how many of them could possibly have survived? The old guard made contact first. The heavy boom of autocannon fire echoed across jagged rocks and lonely copses of trees as McFadden drew first blood with his hatchet man. Cameron's own lance simply could not move quickly enough, and McFadden wanted a taste of action before the hussars. Typical. Okay, boys. Let's show him youngbloods can keep up with the geriatrics. He stomped down on his pedals and vented plasma lifted his 55-ton machine into the air, sublimated snow blasting around him in a send-off halo. He landed smoothly and launched again, just about cresting the ridge where the battle unfolded. Then remembered, only Carly's Star Slayer mounted jump jets. Ben's Hollander and James's Wolfhound didn't have the benefit and he couldn't leave them over the ridge. 
had to lead, had to protect. Come on, boys. I know the Academy gives you better pilot trailing than that. Let's get a move on, eh? He tried to infuse as much good-natured humour into his voice as he could, tried to hide his worry. Regardless of the strides to narrow the technology gap between the clan and the Inner Sphere, clan mechs still outclassed Inner Sphere pound for pound. Jeff could pilot circles around almost anyone he knew, but depending on what lay over the ridge, Cameron's own lance could make all the difference. Flashes of sapphire and ruby lit the sky over the ridge, along with the detonations of multiple heavy explosions. Cameron gripped joysticks in sweat-slicked hands, willed his lance to move faster. They've got some serious life left in them. Jeff's voice startled him with immediate urgency. If we don't take down that madcat, and I mean now, we're going to be in a world of hurt. Lance, target the madcat. I'll deal with the rifleman. The comm line descended into a low babble once more. A madcat. Damn. A rifleman. His mind swirled. What the hell? Did he mean a rifleman 2C? Why would the clans be fielding an inner sphere design? He had to wait. A single mech might not make the difference, but a lance would. Beside, he couldn't leave them. Had to lead. He stared at his radar demanding it provide more information. Suddenly, he realised at least one of the Hussars had been able to move around their own ridge onto the plateau and appeared to have engaged as well. The tag read, Taiai Matsu. His assault battlemaster would lend considerable weight to their side. His own lance finally pulled even. Okay, boys, over the ridge and give them everything you got, he said. Cameron prepared his weapons to follow his own advice and ignited plasma once more, sending his wall ring up and over the ridge to hell. Spread out before him, a small but terrifyingly urgent battle unfolded on the undersized plateau. The downed dropship still burned, sending up a huge bloom of smoke. A fallen Thor next to the massive rent in the broadsword's flank told him not all the mechs survived, yet a thousand meters in front of him held a mad cat and rifleman, and an Arcus off to the side, all weapons blazing and hammering the Highlander forces and the Prospina Battlemaster. He saw the Rasselhag logo inside a bear's head outline on the machine. First Rasselhag bears. The rifleman addition to the clan force made sense now. As Cameron brought his own machine down to earth once more with a last gush of flame and stretch of Myama, he watched as fire lit underneath Jeff's hatchet man. Time seemed to dial down until he could perceive individual autocannon shells and PPC beams hung suspended in midair. The hatchet man flew forward on a collision course with the rifleman. The pilot simply squared its feet, lined up both rotary autocannons and let loose a barrage that practically obscured its outline. Twin, horrific streams of vomiting death slashed into the hatchet man, eating and tearing away at armour like a bear savaging its meal, mortally wounding the metal giant. No! Cameron managed to scream, as time swooped back to normal. With an expertise few might have managed under such circumstances, Jeff kept the hatchet man on course as limbs began to tear away under the murderous fire. Like a metal rock slide, the hatchet man crunched into the rifleman with a sound that could be heard even above the din of battle. 
both toppled down in a mangled heap of metal limbs. Cameron would never be able to remember the next ten minutes. A haze, formed of tears and rage, seemed to blanket out his perception. One moment he watched his idol, his father, die, and the next he stood over a fallen ghost bear machine, firing endless kilojoules of energy into the blasted scraps, all that remained of the madcap. As silence descended, shame replaced his rage. Jeff would be rolling over in his metal grave at such a loss of control. He had done what needed to be done, had led, had sacrificed himself to protect his command. Though Cameron tried initially to do the same, he too easily fell off, too easily besmirched the bars, the bars he wore, too easily forgot his heritage. He blinked away the tears and the last shreds of his incapacitating haze. His command needed him. They needed to mop up and find out what might be here that would tempt the bears, the rest of the raiding force to deal with elsewhere. He swallowed several times, tried to set aside his shame for another day and open up a general frequency comline. Time to lead. Well, folks, what can I say when you've got to lead? Lead well. Shrapnel here, everyone, and I hope you enjoyed the story. That was a big red button reading chosen by my patrons. Wasn't it a doozy? Now, I don't know much about the Highlanders, except they are incredibly professional and have existed and still exist in every era of Battletech. They are a fan favourite, and we have a Highlander fan in our group too, Jordan. Looking at you, buddy so I know how annoyingly hard they are to kill. And they always come with battle armor and vehicles. It's ugh, so annoying. Access to technology that they have and the kind of pilots they have really does help them face off against the clans and they get used extensively as a spearhead in several other campaigns. But even in 3067 with new technology and new mechs, the Inner Sphere still has these issues about facing raw clan firepower. I mean, take this scenario. We have 12 Innersphere mechs against 3 clan mechs. We have a 4th clan mech that's been downed, the Thor, never even made it out of the ship, which is sad. And there's a 5th one missing, I don't think they mention it. But they're still worried about taking down a mad cat. Bum rush it. That's what we do on tabletop. See a mad cat, bum rush it. Get in close, kick it. Kick it, kick it, kick it, kick it. A stinger can take it down. I mean, Christ, they do it in mech commander. Sneak a raven around the back, all good. The other thing I'd like to address is the fact we get a nice death from above in this, which is really nice to see. We've all tried it, we've all thought about it, and those that have thought about it and have tried it probably regretted it. I think I've made it work once, where I haven't been riddled with lasers and bullets on the way there. But here we actually see a hatchet man leap through the sky, get his limbs removed, but still take out a rifleman. Now, some may say that's not a feat, but the fact that he hit it and the fact he takes it down makes it perfect. I also looked at Rifleman because I wanted to know which one it was that has rotary ACs, but I can't find one that's available to Ghost Bear or Rasselhag for that era. All I can find is the Rifleman C, which is two large pulse and two Ultra AC5s, unless they're talking about the Ultra AC5s. Let me know in the comments below. I would trade a Hatchet Man for a Rifleman though. I'm a big fan of Rifleman. I know they've been taking out their niche because they're anti-air, but they can still work on tabletop. 
Whilst the Hatchet Man is slow and clunky. Yes, he's got a gun, but it's no Axe Man, is it? Let's be honest. You just pick it off as it goes. I would have liked a bit more detail in this story, but it's those, you know, filling in the blanks is what keeps us coming with these short stories. And I really appreciate that, but I'm irritated at the same time. I also want to know why the bears are there on that planet. I did some quick searching on Sana, and there is nothing notable on that planet apart from it was invaded by the Smoke Jags, Smoke Jags then lost it in Bulldog, and the Drax got it back. So if you know anything about the planet that I don't, that I haven't found on Sana, please let me know. Randall, I'm looking at you. Let us know, please. We need to know what they're doing there, why a secret mission, it seems a bit suicidal, five mechs against, like, three lances. And obviously there's training facilities there and everything else, so, ah, uh, need to know. I'm sure we'll be hearing more from the Highlanders on the channel. I am circling the mercenary books now and starting to cherry pick some. We're going to have short stories and some long ones, hopefully. But until then, people, please like, comment, subscribe if you haven't already. It really helps the channel. Want to have input on the story of the month? Well, you can hop on over to the Patreon and sign up there. And as ever, I have been Shrapnel and this tale is now told. Until next time, mech jocks, stay safe out there. <laughs>